Hello and welcome to Farfetched Stories. My name is Ariane Verberg and I'm your host on here. Today's a premiere, the first of our monthly standalone stories. From now on, every first Tuesday of the month, we will bring you an original standalone fantasy story. And these stories are co-created with you, our listeners. Every month we will put up a poll with two story prompts, and the prompt that gets upvoted the most will form the basis of the next story. As a thank you for your participation, we will shout you out on the podcast. Plus, it's really fun, so make sure to play along. You can find the polls on the website, that's remverberg.com, and on Instagram, that's at r.e.m.verberg. Today, we'll kick things off with a story about growth, owning your own power, and what happens if you don't. Those of you who follow my Instagram stories will understand why this was quite an emotional one for me to write. I hope you like it. I'd like to thank Diana Moore for narrating the story, and Louisa Mitchell for text editing. And here are the shoutouts for this month. Thank you, Eli, Justine, Peter, Guy, Shelly, Kevin, Louisa, and Sparky Lad for voting. Again, if you want your own shout-out, go to the poll on remverberg.com or on Instagram at r.e.m.verberg. And if you want to be kept up to date on news stories, subscribe to my newsletter. Link is on the website. For now, enjoy this story. Thank you for listening and have a great day. The Garden and the Seed They told me I'd be safe, but now that I'm here, I'm not so sure. I visited this place many times in my dreams, but in the harsh light of day, it all looks different. The ivy hedges on both sides, the towering trees casting cool shadows over exuberant flower borders, and of course, the maze. It is all here. But in my dreams, this garden felt safe. Now it feels like a trap. There's no way out. I have no notion of what's on the other side of the hedges. I don't even know how I got here. They spoke to me, all of them together. He's coming. Close your eyes, they said. Picture the silent garden. How do you know about the garden? I wanted to ask. But you don't ask them questions like that. You don't ask them questions at all when the enemy is breathing down your neck. You just escape. One thing is the same as in my dreams. The utter lack of sound. I seem to be alone. At least, in that regard, I have succeeded. He has not gotten his hands on me. But the silence is as oppressive as the sun beating down on the garden. Something isn't right. The grass, the flowers, the tall hedges of the maze, All of it is green and lush, 
The flowers almost hysterical in their brilliance, and yet the sun tells me it's midsummer. Everything should be shriveled and brown, like it is at home. Or am I in a different world? There's a big beech tree to my right. I make my way to it and rest in its ample shade. For the first time in three moons, I relax my shoulders. They told me he would come. It was not long after I met them. The others. One day, they appeared, when I was alone in the woods, looking for the mushrooms that Nani Hedgehog puts in winter stews. They were old and weathered, arms like kindling, their friendly faces like sweet, dried apples. A family, but different from my own. A family that understood me. I had been so lonely in my power for so long. They had power, too, but theirs was a delicate, shriveled thing, and they revered me for mine. They revered me for the thing that everyone else disapproved of. The thing my mother called me an abomination over. The thing my brothers and sisters hit me for, to ward the wickedness away. I began to spend more time away from home. Long, strange mornings in the forest, the others teaching me the quiet ways of trees and stars. They alone saw me for who I was. So when they told me he would come, I did not doubt them. And sure enough, he came. One night, he stood by the foot of my bed like a lover, yet as far from a lover as can be. A sickening sense of dread came over me, a sense of wrongness, of little children lured into a dungeon, unable to escape. When he fixed me with his black eyes, I heard people screaming inside his body. His physical presence was overwhelming. I could not describe it except as a hunger. A feeling of teeth. It was like that for many nights, with me paralyzed in fear as he stood there just looking. But then one night, he bent over. His arms reached towards me. The screaming got louder. The hunger so intense, I could feel it echo inside my own bones. And in that moment, I knew that if I did not run, he'd swallow me whole. Something snaps. I open my eyes. Did I sleep? Did I dream? A voice breaks the silence. I'm here. His voice. The hair stands up on my arms. Nausea gusts through my stomach and I jump up, backing away until I bump into the hedge. It pulsates underneath my hands. I scream. Here, he repeats, in the maze. Desperately, I claw through the ivy, but find no bearing. The hedge is too high to jump to the other side. Where am I? Why does it feel like there is no other side? Something rustles in the maze. Stay away, I yell. I stretch out my arms, my back against the hedge. I spread my fingers, and nothing happens. I have no power here. The hedge, however, vibrates again. I recoil from it, tripping over my own feet. I look around for a weapon, a stone, a stick, anything. But there is nothing, nothing but the manic flowers, the sickening brightness, and the utter absence of sound. Why won't you come to me? This time his voice sounds sad. Stay there, I repeat. My voice breaks in sheer terror. I'm sorry. His sadness is pervasive. I don't understand. Once again, my fingers rake through the ivy. It's like grasping at air. I fall to my knees, spreading my hands and dropping them by my sides. It's no use. My power is gone. Everything is gone. I'm his. He's finally got me. 
I'm sorry, he repeats. His voice is so different from what I imagined, almost like the voice of a child, but it is unmistakably him. I know this like I know the inside of my mouth. The silence stretches until it becomes unbearable, worse even than the fear. Sorry for what? I ask. I'm sorry they got you, he says. Don't come near me, I yell, and the silence returns. The flowers pulsate around me. I feel like throwing up. The soundlessness of this garden is a slow poison, a cold blade pressed against my mouth. He is my worst nightmare, but at least he talks. Finally, I cave. What do you mean they got me? The elders, he answers immediately. They needed your power, so they sent you here. That is, no, I was running from you. From me? He sounds surprised. Why? I search for words. Because you, you were going to get me. You're dangerous. In response, he giggles. What are you laughing about? Come look at me, he says. Come see how dangerous I am. Don't. It's a trick, my heart hammers. But his words have struck a chord. Slowly, I get up. I move towards the entrance of the maze, my arms raised. There's no movement, no towering figure, no feeling of teeth. I advance. Somehow I know the way, a journey of indeterminable length, an inward spiral, and in the middle of the spiral lies a boy. He is curled up on himself like a snail shell. His delicate brown skin is bruised and scratched, as if he's been running through bramble bushes. His face looks like my own. This is impossible. I reach behind me, but everything I know is far away. Please don't go, he says. Cautiously, I kneel beside him. He is in the deepest of shades, the very beginning of time, only the seed of a being. How come you are so different here? I ask. I am your potential, he says. Cold blade, the poison is back, but this time it is the realization, a sickening feeling that crawls over my skin. They tricked me? He nods. This garden is a trap for your power, he says. They wanted power. Now they have yours. I swallow. My mouth dry as a stone. Can I get it back? No. He shakes his head, sad and still. You shouldn't have run from it. All the air, all the fight goes out of me. I hate them, for what they did, what they took. But suddenly I see that I only ran to them because I was running away from myself. And somehow, knowing this, I can bear to be here, to be in the heart of truth, in the heart of potential. I'm sorry I failed you, I say. We are silent together, in the heart of the maze, and I know he understands. I curl up next to him, until our bodies merge together. This next part, I don't know if I'm dreaming, but from the combined seed that we are now, I feel somebody rise. A boy gets up. A boy with our face. A boy who is not afraid of his own power, and who doesn't need anyone to approve of it. He is different, this boy. Fallible and perfect. Then the boy starts walking. 
first to the end of the maze. Then he steps into the garden, and because he is whole and at peace with himself, the garden has no choice but to let him out. They will not like it. They never like it when someone takes their own power and does not look to them for approval. So they will try to stop the boy, but he will not let them. He will keep walking. He'll leave the garden, taking that single seed of power with him. And he will go into the world. And he will blossom. <laughs>